Hey everyone, you are listening to Vocalo Radio. I'm Jesse Menendez, my in-studio guest, frontman from Chicago Trio, the Moses Gun, Mr. Vel Mullins. How are you, sir? Man, hi, Jesse. It's been um, a while, man. It's been way too long. Let's pretend that people haven't heard the many conversations you and I have had before. Correct. So I want to give them some backstory on the Moses Gun, specifically how you got involved in rock to begin with. Now, you've told me this story a number of times, which I always think is so dope. South side of Chicago, you're lying in bed one day, you hear a Nirvana song, and you literally get up, and you're like, that's it. <laughs> Tell me about that again. Man, that moment, uh, it's the middle of the night. I've been out at Jimmy's Woodlawn Tap. I go down to Jimmy's to watch football. I come back home, and I used to, I had a, a habit of going to sleep with uh, you know, the, ra- the radio on, you know, this is before the internet, y'all. This is before sure. you know, streaming music. And I would usually go to sleep with XRT on. And I hear it, and I go, that's pretty cool. Now, at that point, I had a bunch of musical ideas, and Rich and I had uh, known each other and been wanting to do something, make a band uh, for a couple years at that point. 89 was when we met. So I hear this, and it's like, um, when the drums and the heavy guitar come in, it's like, that's it. That's what we can do. That's how things work. That's how, you know, I'm going to leave you, babe, Led Zeppelin. You know, that, those dynamics. We can do that. And I'm, I listen to it a little bit more, and Cobain's voice comes in, and I hear this voice, and I go, oh, my God, that's something. That's special, and that makes me feel like, man, I wish I could sound like that. You know, and uh, that was it. That was what kind of sh- shine a light on validating the ideas that were in my head. But that moment made me sit up in my bed and go over and, and you know how you look at a radio, like somehow there's like it's something, gonna tell like you. it's going to tell you or show you <laughs> yeah. something, but you're looking at it and you look and it's, it was my sister's, my younger sister's like little boombox, little Walgreens, you know, Emerson. Yeah, sure. Whatever gets the job done. You know, done. two little five-inch, three-inch speakers in and a cassette deck in the middle and it gets the AMFM and that's what you need. I used it to record some demos back then. Anyway, so I go over and I'm looking at her little red. I got her for her for Christmas. It's like red, you know, it's nice. So I'm looking at it, trying to figure out what's happening to me and what these people are doing to me and who is this? Last time you were here for a complete catalog was your, your last album. Then you came to show me I guess what you can refer to as like a demo now, More right? or less, considering yeah. that track went through some change. So that was 2013. Yes. You hit me with that single maybe 2015. Mm-hmm. And here you are now with Triage, a three-song EP. Yeah, man, it's amazing. That sounds funny that it's, or coincidental, maybe encompassing of your life experience that there's three songs, so tree, try. But triage also signifies something else. And Correct. I'm wondering if that exemplifies maybe the period in life that these songs came from. I agree. I agree. When you look at it, it is a situation where you can't save everybody. You can't save everything. You can't do everything. You got to prioritize. You know, you got to triage. You got to say, okay, who's ready to go right now? Who can really actually walk? Who actually is going on the brink of, of some sort of catastrophic or, or, or you know, like, life-changing, negatively life-changing thing. Who who can we get? And with regards to the songs, it was like, we got to get these. These are okay to go. Let them walk. We got other stuff to work on that really need our attention. Or, you know, the, the converse would be, these deserve to go now. They've waited long enough. They're, gonna, they're dying on the vine. We have to pick them and, and 
put them to market. We have to give the people these songs because they can't sit here anymore. They're going to expire or I'm going to lose my mind from sitting <laughs> on them. And people, you know, I, I'm going to lose everything. If I, part of it, life changes wise, you know, in the interim from 2013, 2015 to now, you know, uh, last year, I lost my mother. You know, we lost our mother. And, and that hit me harder. I lost my mom in 2008, Vel, and uh, these aren't words of comfort, but I, I, I say them because I, I hope you understand what you're up against, and I know you do. I can see it in your eyes. It doesn't get any easier. It never does, man. There are still things that remind me all the time that I have to live every single day for the rest of my life without her presence, and that is so frustrating. And I sometimes... Like I think about it in just those terms, and I'm like, no, that that's not possible. That doesn't I'm, equate. I'm still here. Like that, that does not make sense. That's not how my and life I re- is. My life I is with her. To, I refuse to believe that. So, one thing I will say, and this isn't necessarily about radio or music, is uh, I got so caught up in letting other things occupy my mind that I was grateful for it. I had a house fire. I got married, and I was like, oh, thank God that happened. But then what started to strike me as terrifying is when I felt like. I had preoccupied my mind so much that I was forgetting what she smelled like, what she felt like, the sound of her voice. And then I was really scared. I was like, time heals all wounds is a very terrible thing. I don't want it to heal these right. wounds. I want it to be as fresh as the day it happened because that's all I have left. Right. That's all I will ever have left is that memory and that feeling. Please never go away. Right. I want to be able to cry about it. Yes. And so take what you will from that, you know. You want to hold. Absolutely. Because, you know, you know the physical, you know the spirit, you know the, the sound of the voice, mm-hmm. the sound of her voice. You, you, I'm 100% where you are, man. You don't ever want to let that go. No. You, you want to keep it, keep her alive. Absolutely. Keep her alive. And, and when you look at your daughter, you know, when I look at my daughters and my, my, my sons, when we look at our children and you see her and you hear her in their voice, yeah. you hear her in, in their senses of humor. In their in their optimism, in their future, you know, and how proud they can be of all that she achieved, and how mm-hmm. proud you know she was of everything that they had been to that point, and everything they can be going forward. And this is part of it. It's part of it. Is like don't give up yeah. on on this. It might get hard to schedule it. Yep. Because you've got obligations, you've got, you got life, know, man. You got life is happening, man, yeah. and then it's not going to wait for you. Hey, it's that, that o'clock, and it's dude, time to go make the donuts, baby. That was one of the, I think, harshest realizations when all that was happening was that you have a couple of choices, man. You can let it knock you on your ass and just stay there. But guess what? The world will continue to revolve. They'll still want to get paid. Yep. People are still going to expect you here. People are still going to expect certain things out of you they don't that doesn't stop just because you're experiencing something so what are you going to do what are you going to do what do you do you you pound it away and you put it away or you drown it in something or drown or or try to fumigate it with the fumes and the burnings of something what do you do or do you put yourself into the thing that she was proud of you for doing or with that being said now i know get my sick off has been around since the late 90s Mm -hmm. what we just talked about that feeling do we find any of that in these other songs? That Cer- that sentiment, that idea. Oh, certainly, certainly the the insistent resolve to move forward and to accomplish and to at least 
surrender consciousness in the effort to realize beauty. Mm-hmm. That's the air inside our house. That's a song like that. That's what that is. That is you've, your excuses, your reasons, your fear of failure, your, your, all the reasons that you have to not break through that door and go and, and accomplish and complete what you're here to do, connect with the people that you're supposed to connect with, all those reasons that you have, all those fears that you have, they're invalid. And time isn't waiting for you. And these people aren't waiting for you. You have to be there for them today, tonight, before he says goodnight, before they check out, before you go to knock on the door and they tell you that they're not here anymore, before you go to visit and say, oh, I owe her a visit at the, at the retirement home. Put it in, get it in today. Get it, do it today because tomorrow might not be there. And that's, you know, overwhelmingly, like, overarchingly, you know, trying to universal or whatnot. But when you, when you get so busy with every day and you get so busy with challenges and, and the, in, you know, the atmosphere of your government or whatever, if you want to even get into that, the atmosphere of things that are happening around you and you feel overwhelmed, you get into the, the feeling of, you know, just having feelings that you grew up with. You know don't move so fast when you open this car door. You know when you roll this window down, put your hands out. You know you trained right or wrong. At that point, you're, we're both similar in age. You just did that. It shouldn't have been that way. There should always be the same amount of gravity to be a human being regardless of what you look like or how afraid individual A or individual B may be of you because of how you look, the color, the difference between the palm of your hand and the back of your hand. But we grew up knowing. And, you know, to have that realization that it's still happening and there's still a reason and we still have to unfortunately have a set of guidelines, a set of behavior patterns that if you human up for a second and just let yourself go and be human like certain other parts of the population, you can catch a bullet for being human, for sneezing. You sneezed the wrong way. I thought I, my life was in danger. Got a cold today. I re- reached for my nose to wipe some snot away. Caught a bullet. Caught a bullet. Got ventilated. No more life. Or worse. So we talk about insistence and wanting to move forward and honoring those who have passed by putting in your best effort joyfully whenever you get the opportunity to do it with your friends, with your spouse, mm-hmm. with your loved ones, and with your fellow man. So what you just mentioned, all of those things sound like a hopeful realization. It's almost like a pep talk. No doubt. But that's not what I hear on Revolve Around Me. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of questions there. There's a lot of self-deprecation. You're almost blaming yourself for thinking that you should be allowed time to heal, time to observe time to reflect yeah on the surface it's like you know i released my inner a can i i probably can't say it on the radio but sure. you know release your inner a become the a you know we'll just reverse it don't worry this is it right it's you got to become an, a survival technique or a survival strategy you have to go and just say okay i need to survive and you fight the feeling of, 
well, what gives me the right to be, to ask for time to heal? What gives me the right to ask for understanding and what I'm feeling? What gives me the right to ask for this opportunity to go to these people, to their reception desk and say, hey, you know what? I, I've come to apply for this position and I think I would be good at it. And I, I feel like my life experience you know, warrants at least your consideration, your kind consideration. To do that, at some point, you have to believe that you're better than every other applicant, right? There's a, there's a conflict there where you've been raised to, you know, kind of subjugate yourself to the good of everyone else and to wait your turn. You say this as you're clutching I'm crucifix clutching my with crucifix. both hands. Yeah, man. It's like you've been told, you know, you wait your turn. You be polite. Your time will come. You be meek. The meek shall inherit the earth. So when you actually have to get your butt up and go fight, when you, and, and then, you know, maybe the support, part of the support system, part of the foundation that kept you buoyed, you know, is, is only spiritually present with you now, yeah. is only in, in digital, you know, digital recordings of, from, a, from a, a, you know, voicemail that was left checking in on you mm. when when that becomes you have to be you have to find that inner asshole you have to become nash cato you know you have to and you know with that song it was the the chorus you can't please all the kill there that's that's basically to get into that line and to find what range what how because i don't know jesse if you have realized this about me but i'm not a natural singer at all <laughs> you sound like celine dion to me man <laughs> That's that hacking up of the lung that I promised you. <laughs> Val, thank you so much for making time and speaking so candidly. Congratulations, Trias. Sounds fantastic. Appreciate yes. you, Val. Uh, man, you know I love you, Jess. <laughs>